0: Welcome to the Wise Women Diaries podcast. This is where shame and victimhood die. I am a woman that questions everything. So this podcast is a reflection of that. Here we speak on non-mainstream perspectives like personal growth in motherhood and relationships, awareness of the ego versus the soul, the voice of fear versus intuition, We discussed what it looks like to step into your power and step out of the medical paradigm. That's why I'm obsessed with interviewing women who trust their bodies and their babies in home birth and free birth and their wild journey from maiden to mother. Ultimately, this podcast is about women taking radical responsibility for their life, shedding victimhood for good. Today is the day we have Emily. Emily is my maiden friend. She is one of my close friends in Phoenix. And again, yet again, another Instagram love story. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't even know how we found each other. This is a divine love story because I don't know how we found each other on the cosmos of the internet, of Instagram, but we did. And then after about we would FaceTime. We didn't even meet in person and we would FaceTime. <laughs> I don't know how that even happened, but we did. And then we met in person a year and a half ago, maybe. And now we hang out weekly and you are mm-hmm. one of my only maiden friends. I have a lot of mother friends. I mean, I am 34, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, are you 28? 28. Yeah. And I remember, I don't really remember how we found each other
1: either, but I remember seeing you were in Phoenix and being like, oh my gosh, that's a sign because Phoenix had been like pulling me to go back and live there. And I was
0: like, oh my gosh, it's a sign. She's a Phoenix photographer. <laughs> it's a sign. <laughs> so now we're super, super close. We just had a magical day in Sedona together with our friends. Yep. Yep. And we were the maidens driving the cars of the uh-huh. mothers, <laughs> actually, like, with a wildfire on side the road.
1: I know. Like, that, to me, was the perfect, like, example of why mom friend groups need a few maidens thrown in there, because we passed each other on the highway and standstill traffic with a fire, like, they're putting out a fire on the side of the road, we're driving, The cars, the moms are all in the back seats with their babies, and we're like, this is the maiden life right here. It was so good.
0: And we were stuck in a traffic jam for about an hour, and we were making jokes about how I had three beef sticks left (laughs) from the day, and I would give my beef sticks to the mother, Sarah, in my car, her car, and she would have her breast milk in, in, like, the survival... situation and she would give me her breast milk to to (laughs) make to nourish me and she would nourish her baby
1: (laughs) I know it's like I was like if I was with my a group of maiden friends stuck in traffic we might have no food no water like you know years ago I think now I'd be better prepared but just traveling with moms I was like we are good we got Water, snacks, food, homemade sourdough bread, homemade cake. Like, we are so good (laughs) for hours.
0: (laughs) We're set in a crisis with mothers. Yep. It's true. It's amazing. Yeah. So what about doing a little intro on who you are? You're 28. You live in Phoenix right now. Yeah. But the big thing is that you started a Maiden to Mother women's circle online which is an amazing offering.
1: Yes, I just started that and I feel like it's really a culmination of what I've been in service to for like the past decade, particularly the past like six or seven years. Um, I am... I started out my background in, like, serving pregnant women and birth work and postpartum women, and I was a nanny for a long time, and my love for mothers and families and children just kept developing, and I feel like I kept going closer to the maiden because I'm a maiden, obviously, and so it was, like, almost years and years of me trying to, like, find my footing in the birth world and in, like, the... The supporting mothers in integrity and I was teaching fertility awareness for a little bit I was connecting with like um women my younger sister's ages and teaching them about like their cycles and their periods because I was like okay this is how we like support the next generation of mothers is like going to the maidens and helping maidens understand their bodies and understand birth and see the reverence in it and then Just recently, I think this past year in Phoenix, being so rooted in a community in a way that I haven't in a long time. I've been traveling for a while and learning what it's like to really be integrated in a community of mothers in a whole new way. This offering of an online virtual space where mothers can share the reality of motherhood with maidens, particularly the mothers that I Attract and in in community with love mothering even when they're sharing the hard parts of it they are sharing like I don't want to be away from my baby anymore yes it's a change but I love it and so I have all these maidens and pregnant women that naturally come to me and we're all kind of like how do we learn and so this idea for this online circle Every full moon came to me, and it's just been so amazing to create that intentional space that goes beyond just a women's circle, which is obviously amazing as well, but even going beyond a mother support group or a postpartum group or a pregnant women group like, really bridging all these gaps and having honest conversations about how we can support maidens into the transition of mothers and how we can even support mothers. To be more in their role of mother. Because even on the call there were mothers like, I'm six years in still integrating my maiden. And hearing maidens speak with intention and reverence about motherhood is healing me right now. So that's like my latest new uh, offering that's lighting me up. And I'm also an astrologer so I kind of weave astrology into all that
0: as well. Yeah. Do you want to say something about your offering of birth charts? Why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of joke that like everything comes back to birth for me. That's probably why I'm like also drawn to astrology because it's just a study of what the energy was at the time of birth. And I'm literally like looking at charts of the moment of babies' births all day um, and being able to really witness someone's, like, unfiltered, unconditioned potential at the time of their birth by looking at their birth chart is similar to, like, what draws me to kids. And I think what draws you to kids is, like, we just love watching children be themselves, and I feel like that is what draws me to astrology as well, is, like, how can I support you in being more of who you truly are? Like, if you could do anything in the world and you had no conditioning, like what was your blueprint at birth? And just all of my work with families, with babies, with mothers draws me even more into especially like intuitive astrology as well because I'm just learning in the real world like, oh, knowing that baby has a Virgo moon and seeing that baby in her unfiltered, unconditioned life right now like i'm learning what virgo moon truly means it's so cool <laughs> it's like up close astrology
0: what would be a virgo moon what are you saying when you
1: say that um so i'm talking about uh one of our only little girl babies in our friend group and the precision and the like gracefulness and the sort of, I think of Virgo energy as, like, very pure and very, like, channeled, and she just has this, like, very sweet, graceful, pure, careful, um, not necessarily, like, clean, but, like, aware energy, and it's helped me understand Virgo moon so much more, because I know, um, I know adults that are Virgo moons, but also, as we grow up, we are so affected by everything else that some of those like original markers get thrown out the door so
0: wow and you know what I'm thinking about when you're saying that is you love witnessing babies and kids in your astrology way and then for me why I love being surrounded by babies and kids is because my focus is always the ego and the soul our mind versus our intuition and I love get to I get to see children's pure ego e- ego voice, ego revenge, ego instincts, and they're also their soul. Yeah. And it's pure. It, it's not programmed yet. It's authentic and pure. And when a child is hurt, they often have this revenge reflex of if a kid is slapped, they slap right back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just see that in, I mean, to, that's also debatable because in the book, The Continuum Concept, she says, kids in this Amazon culture, they've never hit, they don't hit. So then it's like, okay, what's happening in our culture yeah. that kids hit? And then that's a whole other conversation, yeah. but okay. I but mean, I'm just I love, putting it.
1: Yeah, I love how when we're always together in our group, we're just like, i'm like leah look at him look at her
0: and you're like yeah look like we're just
1: like totally observing the babies all the time
0: it's like we're psychologists and (laughs) and watching them
1: yeah
0: is our study so great so great so let's talk about maiden and mother because if someone doesn't know these terms you know, let's just set the tone of what we're going to be talking about. And the way I explain maidenhood is it is a natural stage in our life. It's, you know, teenage 20, our 20s. It's immature feminine energy. It's not a bad thing. It is a beautiful thing. It is a time in our life where we are blooming. But we are finding ourselves and it's immature feminine energy. And all of this is an energy. So even if you transition to mother energy, you can flow back to maiden and you can flow back into mother. And there's even certain topics, if you are truly in your mother energy, there's topics that can activate your wounded maiden and make you that scared little girl again and, Mm -hmm. and wanting to be saved. So. Maiden is immature feminine energy. And it is natural and normal. And as we age, we are supposed to mature. As we age mature, we are supposed to mature in our feminine energy. So we are supposed to go from being so unsure of who we are to being sure of who we are. Mm-hmm. We we move from wanting all this external validation and permission and needing someone to tell us what to do to no needing no one to tell us what to do Mm -hmm. because we are solid in who we are and our intuition that we don't need anyone but our own wisdom that is the mother energy so what's happening in our culture right now is our culture reveres maidens like the sexiness, the youthfulness of maidens, it is it is bowed down, it is revered, and mothers are rejected. Mothers are thrown to the side. It's it, like, if you look at a pregnant woman, everyone's fawning over a pregnant little belly, and then the minute the baby's born, the mother's cast aside. And mothers are rejected in this society, in my opinion. So when women become have a child when they become mothers a lot of times they go through this initiation of the underworld which is the fire the darkness of the goddess the feminine and that can happen during pregnancy that can happen during birth I I don't like that the birth initiation of made into mothers hardly talked about Mm -hmm. because in birth a lot of times you are in the underworld of the dark goddess, the dark feminine. You feel her wrath, her fire, and a lot of women abort it and run to big pharma, to a hospital, to some savior and say, I am so scared of the feminine, abort mission, I'm going back to maidenhood. Mm-hmm. But the underworld often happens, can also happen in postpartum where women are so undernourished, they don't have villages where they're being supported by other maidens or by wise women. So a lot of women are so scarred from the underworld of postpartum that they abort the initiation to motherhood and run back to maidenhood. So we have this culture of women that are unhealthily staying in their maiden energy, but they have children. Mm -hmm. So they are wanting authority figures of doctors to tell them, tell me what to do with my child, tell me, because I don't trust myself. Um, That is a mother that is still in her maiden. It's, It's a mother that also is prioritizing freedom. Like, I just want to be away from my child. I need to go on this vacation when my child's four months old. I need to get away from them because this mother is seeking their maiden freedom so badly and not stepping up to the initiation that your life is different now. Mm -hmm. It is asking you to be different now. So I think the, the suffering of motherhood right now has a lot to do with women not completing the initiation from maiden to mother they aborted during the darkness they aborted in birth in postpartum in parenthood abort abort i'm going back to maidenhood where i can plead the victim and and get someone to save me from this hellfire of motherhood which we're going to get into this victimhood of mothering because in our society there is these two ends of the spectrum where motherhoods mothers are saying this is so horrible i just want to be away from my kids my my kids you know cause me so much stress and then there's this other end of the spectrum where women act like everything's perfect and then don't ever show any sign of needing help like they have mm-hmm. all their shit together there's no problems and there's two ends of the spectrum. And you're going to talk about that later with your, because you guys talked about that in your maiden to mother circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. What did I miss on maiden is immature energy. Mother is mature energy. And suffering happens when you are an older woman. You are in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and you didn't complete the initiation and you are still being a victim, and you are still being a maiden, and you still want saving, and you still are seeking external guidance of your life, when you are supposed to be a wise woman now. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be a mother now. You are supposed to be sure in who you are. You are supposed to be guiding, you're supposed to be a wise woman or mother guiding the maidens, not Mm -hmm. being a maiden yourself.
1: Yeah, I think you explained that great, and when... You were talking about this rejection, cultural rejection, and then personal rejection of Maidenhood. What I was thinking of is it's a little bit of a rejection of change and a rejection of like, to me, tying it back to like our cycles, like a rejection of entering a new season of life, a new cycle of life, leaving behind the past and especially if you're a woman who's been on birth control her whole life. Um, and that is obviously very revered and normalized. And not only stay a maiden your whole life, but just stay the same. Don't even experience cycles of womanhood. So, of course, you're going to be uncomfortable with experiencing the greatest cycle of m- womanhood, which is moving from the maiden into mother. like, And then after that, we have the mother into the crone, like menopause. But... When you're not even familiar with the cycles that are embedded into you as a woman on a monthly basis to give you these little initiations, like, how do you cope with the biggest transition, the biggest cycle? And I think that's why it's not, it doesn't help anything that society really encourages women to stay in maiden and stay a non-cyclical being. But when you don't have that inner experience of that, like, alchemy of change every month, too, that just, you know, I can see how scary that is. And you don't meet your power cyclically every month. And um, the other thing that I know we've talked about, too, is, like, there's an absence of that and then there's an absence of actual mother-maiden relationships. Like, if you are a typical maiden, you're with your peer group the whole time. Like, if I wasn't a nanny, if I didn't grow up babysitting, I wouldn't have natural experiences of being in the lives of mothers. A lot of my friends are like, I wish I had that. I wish I babysat as much as you. I wish I knew moms. Like, there's literally not even natural experiences of villaging in that way anymore unless you seek them out. So it's kind of like the odds are really stacked against women on all sides. And I think that's something that we both understand, but just like placing that here of like, it's difficult. And that's why we wanna share some like intentional things that we have done to start that transition soon because it's a really big one way bigger than it used to be of just like when you're a maiden you know you're going to be a mom because you're surrounded by mothers and i mean i'm projecting on how it used to be but like the idea that in the village maidens always knew they were going to become mothers and they were always with the mothers and they just saw mothering as an expansion of their womanhood that's going to be me soon let me just like soak that in and embrace that And now, more than ever, there are so many women rejecting motherhood for so many reasons. But I think a huge one is that it's this big unknown now where, like, it did not used to be like that. Like, even just talking with my mom after my first Made into Mother Circle, I was telling her how it went. And she was just like, it's so different now. Like, when I was... Becoming a mother. Everyone around me was also becoming a mother. No one really waited. There's pros and cons to that, obviously, but it was just, like, in her particular community, in her particular upbringing, Roman Catholic, like, upbringing, it was like, you get married, you have kids around your mid to late 20s, and everyone's doing that. And there wasn't anyone in her peer group that was deciding not to have kids or, like, to hold off or whatever. So, it's just really interesting watching it all change and I think as we progress into like a more modern society, it's like these intentional spaces and intentional transitions are so much more necessary and huge um especially with like the sabotaging of the birth experience which is supposed to be this built in like you were explaining so well like this underworld and we don't really there's so many ways to opt out of all of those things now
0: yeah birth is supposed to be the greatest initiation from maiden to mother like literally walking through the fire literally walking fighting your way through the underworld and not needing saving not needing big pharma drugs not needing a doctor saving yourself because you were born to do it and then you go through the underworld of birth and then you actually do it you do it and now you know you can do anything, and that is the energy of the mother: is that you did the thing you you thought you couldn't do, and you fucking did it, mm-hmm. and you are changed forever. <clears throat> so I want to talk about. Um, oh my, I could go a million different directions right now because I get so activated in 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 this topic. Um, but let's go. Let's let's say a few wounded maiden characteristics. I wish I I wish I wish could really say, like, the healed maiden qualities, but that list seems so short for me. Like, the mm-hmm. wounded maiden qualities are so long. Like, that's when you are committed to being a victim. And that's when you are committed to needing saving and rescuing from someone else other mm-hmm. than yourself. Um, the wounded maiden needs external validation to feel okay with themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's where men is where my wounded maiden gets triggered because the second I'm around a man and I'm married, but I, obviously I feel attraction for other men still, like that's just human. We can't control who we're attracted to. Um, so if I'm attracted to this guy, I immediately feel my wounded maiden get triggered and and crave validation from this guy. as if As if what he says about me will give me self-worth, right? Like that's so maiden. So maiden, mm-hmm. and that's and that's how mine gets triggered. But anyways, the maiden thrives off of attention. This is wounded maiden qualities. There are obviously good maiden qualities. Um but they are they prioritize being young and sexy, which is what is happening with the aging culture right now. We have 50-year-olds shooting themselves up. Their faces, their lips, surgeries—all the things we have. We have thirty-year-olds doing that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like we have six-year-olds doing that. We have these women that are supposed to be graduating into mature energy, but right. they are prioritizing being young and sexy. That is your maidenhood. Mm-hmm. Can you can you can you accept nature? Can you accept the laws of nature, or are you so at war with nature because? You are so afraid of losing your self-worth, which is wrapped up in your sex appeal and your youthfulness.
1: Yeah. I mean, even less talked about than our periods and birth is menopause. Like I've been getting into that more in the last few years because my mom is like walking that transition and it's like, I don't know anything about that. And she doesn't either. Like, that's the initiation into real, like, cronedom. And that is not even talked about at all. And maybe it is in different circles that I'm not aware of. But it's, like, not, you know, talk about taboo. Like, becoming an elder. Even if it just means your past childbearing years. Like, that's all that that means. But um, obviously there's more to that like your wisdom and your energy goes elsewhere and and you can enter into this new phase of life but that is the bottom of the totem pole i feel we
0: only hear we only hear bad things about menopause yeah hot hot flashes like your vagina getting dried up which if you listen to kim and ami right orgasmic enlightenment podcast you know that's not true
1: yeah and she christian northrup has a really great book called the wisdom of menopause which is, again, like a true, like whole healed menopause is an initiation into like your next phase of life, which is a whole new, creative, sexual, fiery, like you're past your childbearing years. Now you like enjoy your life in a new way with who you are as mother. So cool. Or the, just that mature energy
0: our culture is so wrapped up in staying a maiden right and yeah. this is where a woman's suffering m- comes in in my opinion mm-hmm. so the wounded maiden qualities you know victimhood needing to be saved rescued you need permission from others to live your life mm-hmm. um, you have a deep need to please others and then that's that's immature feminine energy. And that's that's natural when we're younger. that that's that's us finding who we are. who are we as a woman? But then we're supposed to graduate into mature feminine energy., yeah. that is the graduation that is supposed to come with age. And we, me and you, Emily, we are doing a little bit of a different path than normal women in our society because, we are actually bringing in our mother energy while we're maidens. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, it, th- and this is what I want to talk about is the, the future I want to see in our culture is that maidens intentionally want to bring in mother energy, healthy mother energy. And what that means is you take responsibility for your life. You take responsibility for your choices. You don't blame anyone. It's on you. You trust your body, your intuition, and your wisdom. How many women do we know that it's like, my intuition said this and I didn't listen? Mm-hmm. Like, how many times do you have to stop, lis- not listen to your intuition to learn? Mm-hmm. A mother, if you shift into your mother energy, you actually listen to your intuition. Mm-hmm. You are so present in your daily life. You're not scurrying around. You're not busy, busy, busy. You are slow and present with the life in front of you. Mm -hmm. You are so confident in who you are and your ability and your strengths. You are authentic in who you are. You know who you are. Therefore, the mother shapes the culture. She is not influenced by the culture, which Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite quotes I saw online, is the mother should be shaping the culture, not being influenced by the culture. Mm. To me, that means if you're a mother and you are prioritizing these maiden qualities, you are being influenced by culture. (sighs) Yeah. And the last one is a mother has this, ease and contentment with life she's not at war with her life she's not wishing and pleading for life to be different than what it is to me maiden that is maiden like i need to have this next and i need to do this next and i need my life to look like this and i need this all this external shit Mm -hmm. to for you to feel good about yourself and the mother Accepts what is and has this inner peace. And these are the mothers that we like to surround ourselves with. Mm -hmm. So as maidens, we've had the honor of watching so many women traverse the initiation of maiden to mother physically and energetically. And we get to learn so much from other people. And this is what... how we are living different than other women is that we can watch a woman and many women and learn from them and learn whether we align with them Mm -hmm. oh they are mothering in this way like does that feel right to me i mean she can do whatever she wants this is her life that's her responsibility but we get to learn if if that feels good for us and if that aligns with us Mm -hmm. and we've had years of this It is, this is the magic that I want maidens to understand, is the honor of witnessing mothers. Yeah. Is where the magic is. Because we get to learn what we like, what we don't like. And it's not like we're sitting there criticizing them. It's just an internal dialogue. Right.
1: I feel like it's almost similar to when you're single, and you're calling in your partner, and you're around all your friends' partners, or you're dating, and you're just, like, discerning who you are around all these people and what you like, and that person's relationship is great, but that part of it is not for me, or I wouldn't do that, and it's totally the same, and why, in in my, in my mind, it's like, I have always felt that when I become a mother, that's going to be the greatest Thing I ever do and like the biggest gift of my life so of course I've like oriented my life around prioritizing that for me because that is always just what I've felt drawn to um and we've also seen the at least I've also seen a lot of the effects of women who haven't had that and haven't been around other mothers and then they become a mother themselves and they're like you know let me check with my pediatrician on what i should do here versus you and i literally have like dozens and dozens of women we could call on if we ever had i mean even without having children any health issues like cycle issues like i having that group of women around you, even if mothering isn't your highest priority, just finding that and making those small shifts on how to stop outsourcing to external authority is like the biggest <clears throat> shift.
0: Yes. Yeah, so how we're doing that, thanks for bringing that up because how we're doing that. So shifting into mother energy has nothing to do with having children I can shift into mother energy at any point in my life without ever having a child. It is literally just about maturing in my feminine energy. And what that means is going from distrust of my intuition to trust Mm -hmm. and distrust of my body to trust. And this is what we are practicing right now in our lives. That is the journey we're on is you know, body symptoms come up. Okay, this is our opportunity to either be in maiden and distrust our body and run to um, a healer, a chiropractor, a doctor for pills, for supplements and, and be in energy of distrust. Or we can lean in and talk to our body and lean into trust with which is mother energy. Mm-hmm. And this is how we are slowly inviting mother energy into our life right now as maidens yeah and there's many ways we're doing it but trust with my with like the body and intuition is one of the biggest ways yeah the second biggest way i think is being with other mothers that we all trust each other so deeply it's like a very very deep connection in which the mothers trust us wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And we get to bring forth our mother energy with their kids. Mm-hmm. And you have like the coolest experiences with Genevieve, little one year old Genevieve, with Genevieve doing, um, going in the potty, like in elimination communication. So she doesn't wear diapers much, she goes into like a little potty for you know most of her first life and you babysit her and do you want to explain that just your intuition yeah yeah yeah.
1: um so I've heard of this concept before of how with elimination communication it's half like watching your child's like routine and cues so you know every time they get up from a nap They need to pee, or every time, you know, offer the potty at these times, that kind of makes sense in with your routine. And then the other part of it is like trusting your intuition and like trusting your instinct of like getting that hit of like she needs to pee right now. And the more that I was involved, I mean, I see her like two or three times a week. And this has been, you know, more in the past four or five months of her life, but I've known her her whole life and so the first time that happened it was like we were outside in the backyard just playing around on a blanket and the thought just crossed my mind of like she needs to pee right now and so I was like okay I'm gonna go with this picked her up brought her over to under the tree and she peed and I was like how did I know that and then that's happened ever since with like poops whether we're outside or inside it's like just literally trusting our um, telepathy and like the idea that I can trust our relationship together too and like the depth of our relationship and that I know her on a psychic level and energetic level even more than just observing her routines like I can literally feel when something shifts and trusting that and that is something that a lot of mothers don't even get to with their babies because of such a lack of distrust or fear or busyness or whatever it is. So I've been so, it's such a deep blessing to have those relationships with babies. Like we talk about our relationships with the mothers, but the babies that I've had in my life, like I joke about how my wedding is going to be literally catered around the amount of children that need to be there because I've had such deep relationships with babies and children and they've taught me so much and I love like you framing that as like wow I get to practice being a mother because I haven't really thought obviously I've thought about that on some level but that I get the gift of these women really trusting me with their children, especially these women we're surrounded by that are attached, like that do attachment style parenting and they're breastfeeding and they are not leaving the house very often and stuff like that. And I still get to build those deep bonds and learn from these babies that are so wise and smart and intuitive and instinctual.
0: Yeah, and they, yeah. the way our friend says it is that we have built the rapport of safety with them. Mm-hmm. Just like safety with their own parents, the baby and their parents. We have this rapport of safety with them. And when I was hanging out with Ozzy, who's a year and a half in our backyard a few weeks ago, I was just laying down and he's our friend's kid. And he comes up and s- s- cuddles and spoons me and has this moment with me and then goes off. And I... And and, and the mother was like, it's because you've built, built this relationship of trust and safety that mm-hmm. he feels. And it's such a gift. Like, he made me feel like a mother in that moment. And I was high as a kite after. Because I was like, <laughs> this is what it feels like. Yeah. He, Oh, it was like I was his home base for, for two minutes. Yeah. And it was everything to me. And then that was the joke is, oh, Ozzy made me feel gave me that feeling of a mother that day. And then the next day, I pick him up. I keep smelling poop. I'm like, why do I keep smelling poop? I And I look and there's poop all down my stomach because I picked him up when he had to poop in his pants. And everyone's laughing like, yes, you are getting the initiation of a mother. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I feel it.
1: I feel it. Like those are the experiences that bring us into more reverence for motherhood and the mother too like when you truly truly get to build these bonds with children and or these mothers and their children and you truly care for them like you feel what it feels like when they get sick for the first time and you're like oh my gosh like you know that energy of like worry or concern on a deep level not just like oh my friend's dealing with a sick kid it's like you love them and you get the glimpse into like how am I responding to the situation right now like getting a glimpse into your future um and also a
0: glimpse into our programming
1: yes like our our knee-jerk parenting yeah knee jerk reaction
0: because that's what I wanted to talk about is it's been many many years where I've been aware of my knee-jerk reactions with kids like they fall down and we say you're okay you're okay that's a societal programming that we all have and if I had a kid when I was 22 years old, I would have spent the first few years in that knee-jerk programming way of, this is what you say to a kid when they fall. You're okay. You're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is what you say when, it, when kids are fighting over a toy. You, the, pers- the kid that wants the toy gets the toy. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Well, that doesn't even make sense. Then then it teaches the kid, whenever you want something, everyone has to bow down to you and you get whatever you want in the second you want it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, you know, the whole sharing thing. So being surrounded by children before you have children, you get to practice reprogramming the knee-jerk reactions that our society has taught us to do that we don't want to do. hmm I, I don't like saying to a, co- a, a child crying, "You're okay, you're okay. No, they're not okay. They're crying <laughs> are, are you okay? It could just be a shift. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. It's practicing. Like I, I still see these knee-jerk reactions if a kid climbs up on a little bit of a higher, you know, in the on the playground. My knee-jerk reaction is, oh my God, go get them. Or are you going to trust them? Like, it depends on the situation. It Mm -hmm. depends on the age. But we all see our knee-jerk reaction of safety. Mm -hmm. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. That's a knee-jerk thing. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Well, a kid usually is always being careful already. Mm -hmm. They already know how to be careful. I think sometimes the parent just, or the caregiver, the the older adult sometimes might have to inter- intervene if they're you know trying a little too hard to do something you know 6-year-old is doing something that a 6-year-old can do but a 2-year-old is watching and the 2-year-old mm-hmm. does not have the skills as a 6-year-old. Right. And the 2-year-old will try to do the thing that the 6-year-old is doing. Yeah. Because we children mimic other children and You know, two-year-old is not the same as six-year-old. They do not have the same playground ability at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's like the pleasure I have had for years and years of watching children and being around children is reprogramming my knee-jerk societal reactions to conscious Mm
1: -hmm.
0: responses, which is mother. Mm -hmm. Maiden is reaction. Maiden is reaction, fear, spiral, boom. Scared, reaction, yelling, triggered. And mother is like this soft, present response that's conscious and aware.
1: Mm-hmm. You're
0: aware of the words you're saying. Mm-hmm. And that's the practice that I'm so glad that I've been doing. Yeah, it's...
1: A glimpse into the spiritual practice that as a maiden we don't have right in front of us in the day-to-day like we have to create these spaces or these relationships to have these spiritual encounters with mothering that mothers are engaged with and are like alchemizing through every day and even thinking about like in the seasons of your cycle like the the phase associated with the maiden is like the follicular phase where you're building up your egg to get ready for ovulation but it's this like building up of energy and um it's it can be like a frantic time in the cycle not frantic more like scattered of like your estrogen's coming back and there's so many ideas and so much you can do and, uh, you can be like working more and you have more capacity for social interactions. And then often in ovulatory phase, like that's associated with the mother and it gets shown as this, like, you're at your most like social peak and the most, like, you obviously are the most fertile, but you're the most like charismatic and- connected, but the other side of that is, like, during my ovulatory phase, at least, and the women that I know, it's, like, no longer really an interest in work. It's truly, like, relationship, connection, presence, play, and getting to experience that in your cycle every month as well with, like, wow, in my mother phase of my cycle, I'm not trying to do a million things. I'm literally seeking out who can I go hang out with and like I love being around babies at that time because you just want to play and you just want to be with people and that you know reframing that as the mother rather than mothers are stressed out and they're scattered and they're stretched thin and they have so much going on and you can't get it all done it's like the mothers that we know are like you said so present connected responsive conscious That's available in all mothers, you know, with with circumstances that support them in that. But being able to tap into that by tapping into how you feel energetically at the time of your ovulation, that can reframe how you even think of motherhood. Because it's fun and it's like the peak of your cycle and you're the most playful and joyful. You're not stressed out and burnt out and stretched thin. You're like... Loving the fullness of your life. And we get to see that in these moms that we're around.
0: Yeah, we have consciously chosen mothers that we now align with because we have been around mothers that we don't align with Mm -hmm. and that are showing us a way of motherhood that we know is not right, that's not fulfilling, that's depleting, that's in victimhood, that's not serving their growth and their evolution, and it could be, but but it's like they're sliding backwards. And the mothers that we have now chosen to be aligned with is, is they step into motherhood with this intention that it, everything is for them and it is for their maturation and their growth. And let's touch on your mother maiden circle where you guys talked about the two ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. with motherhood right now.
1: Yeah. So particularly from the maidens in the circle and the maidens that I know as well, there's this fear of motherhood that's really interesting, like a fear of, I think, your life changing, obviously drastically, a fear of how um, you know there's the fear around birth and like all the physical stuff that's gonna change when you're a mother. How your relationships are all gonna change. Um, how your freedom's gonna be taken away. Um, this fear of entering into the season of life that is so not for you. It's taking away from you and your life and the peak of your life. And then, and and I would say that's probably the majority and a lot of my friends that i've i've like grown up with and have kind of like seen me step into this work i see their perspectives literally being changed like year by year of like oh wow like mothering doesn't have to be horrible child raising doesn't have to be a trap and birth can be amazing like i've i've seen this in friends that i've been friends with for decades um and then there is this like powerful movement of maidens happening right now i feel like that is kind of in line with maybe this um time that we're in where women can or women are like meeting partners later or like choosing to wait until they have kids a little bit later and so they're literally consciously setting up their life like around motherhood and they're like listening and they're watching and they're learning and there's this whole movement around conscious conception and choosing a partner that you want to have children with like thinking deeply about these life-changing things and actually um orienting your life around that as the peak rather than pushing it off and, like, fearing it as the lowest point of your life, but you have to do it because everyone says it's going to be, like, you just have to and it's worth it in the end, but you'll hate every second of it and all this bad stuff will happen. And you can you can find mothers to support, like, either experience that you want to have, which is what I've been trying to, like, illuminate in the circle of, like, calling in the maidens who want to hear a different narrative, calling in the pregnant women who are so excited to be pregnant and have a baby. And a really interesting coincidence on the call was like, I think other than two women that are mothers or pregnant, everyone else had unexpected pregnancies. And even that particular group of women, the unexpected pregnancies were welcome blessings and not the fearful oh my god my life is over you know maybe they had those thoughts for a second but it was so amazing to hear like just even the conception process they were like this is for me this is my path this is happening for a reason this child wants to come through this respect for this like soul that is here at this moment so different than the energy of um taking a pregnancy test and being like oh my god my life is over so there were definitely maidens coming in seeking this other narrative because all they've heard is the negative and they know like deep down that they don't want that to be their path or that is not true for them and they want to be surrounded by a different
0: paradigm really yeah and i guess if we are on the path of inner child healing self-growth if we were in that neck of the woods, we are seeing mothers playing victim to their kids and saying how their life is over and it doesn't add up for us because we're like, no, because everything in life is for us. Everything is for our growth, especially the hardest things, especially the darkest things, especially the most challenging things. That is carving us into who we are supposed to be and we and we see mothers not rising to the challenge and like bowing out of the challenge and being like, no, not doing it. And and because we already live our life this way, I think we naturally found the mothers that that no motherhood is their spiritual journey mm-hmm. to becoming the best version of themselves. And they got their child so specifically for them. Right. Every quality like The child is so precisely for you.
1: Yep. (sighs) Yep. And bringing that even back to like astrology, like I've deepened into that further by being able to read mother-child charts and to see the synchronicities and the commonalities and the way that you're here to teach each other and learn from each other and that this is literally your exact perfect teacher in this life in every way. Like you can't make it up, especially like looking at family birth charts where um, even blended family, it's like even the non-biological children, you still see the patterns and the themes that are there for that family. Like it's so divinely orchestrated and already having had that lens, it really does change everything that I thought I knew about planning pregnancies and like like that you have some semblance of control over like how your child's going to be or like when or
0: and the birth the birth yeah yeah the the birth time like your child mm-hmm. chooses their birthday and their birth time
1: your right. child's not
0: late your child's not overdue like even if your labor is five days long, Mm -hmm. your baby is waiting for a specific time. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a whole new orientation and a whole new paradigm that I think is really related to this generation that's doing a lot more, like, inner child work and healing and conscious, consciousness raising, and that is gonna just filter down to motherhood too. conscious consciousness raising in motherhood
0: it kind of feels like everything is combobulated Mm -hmm. with maidens mothers wise women right now because you know we're not in that village we're not in that community anymore even i think i think 40 years ago we were like or even your your mom even what she Mm -hmm. was saying and and i know my mom had that village community um i think maybe because you were raised in this town and then you don't leave. So you have this Mm built-in community already and you don't leave. And like I left my hometown and I needed to find my own and recreate my own community. Um, And I did it with intention and I'm so happy I did. And so now my friends are my family, but it's so different than what my mom's life was and your mom's life was. But also, it's this hustle culture, boss babe culture, where all the maidens are boss babes and in like the corporate ladder and surrounded by other maidens. And that's not inherently bad, but when you are only in that atmosphere and then you turn 30, 35, boom, you want a kid, you do not know what you're going into because you haven't been observing mothers. Mm-hmm. You haven't been the maiden helping mothers. You've been the maiden serving herself and then, boom, becoming a mom and then feeling a fish out of water and and with major suffering, usually, because you're not supported. And then you're not supported by wise women. Like women in their postpartum time a lot of times have such a hard time because there's not that community aspect of wise women supporting the mothers or maidens supporting mothers. Mothers are off on their own, on an island alone, fending for themselves. And they're like, how, how is it this hard? Like, I am completely alone. Where are the people? I never knew it could be this hard, but also they never knew it could be this hard because they've never watched people go through it. Yeah. And then the wise women are probably, like, looking, the world, traveling and getting plastic surgery and still trying to be <laughs> maidens on Instagram. I don't know. Like, everything <laughs> is mixed up right now. Yeah. And we are calling back intention. M- we are hoping to, for maidens to start the initiation into mother energy with intention prior to getting pregnant.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and yeah. finding mothers to serve and and to build deep relationship with. And it might take time. But for us, we found it through like a the birthing community, the home birth and free birth community. Because that's what our values align with. Like we both align with home birth, free birth. And a lot of times it's those are the mothers that are conscious parenting, parenting with such intention and consciousness and, and parenting so that motherhood is their spiritual path and their journey to becoming a better woman Mm -hmm. and not the toxic mother culture of needing wine every night to escape your child. And going on a vacation when they're two months old because you need a break. Mm-hmm. So how yeah. how can we explain to mothers of maybe finding your community? I think you have to deep dive dive and figure out what you're aligned with first.
1: Yeah, for sure. And even the picture that you're painting of like so many women now obviously building careers and working more than ever before and also traveling and leaving their families and their communities. Not everyone's family is the best support, but that is a new phenomenon, especially as a, as a daughter that you would like leave your mother. And the closer that I get to think, even just thinking about the time in my life when I will be having children, I'm like, I need to go back to my mom and my sisters. Like, the fact that I have two sisters who are maidens and will most likely, very most likely be maidens when I have babies, it's like recreating a community of aligned, like my ideal is having my community of aligned women who are friends and mothers, maidens, they're aligned, and having my... Family support with the grandmother and the aunties and the actual familial support. Like, I want both. But I also know with my family, like, just because they've, they know me and they've seen this path that I've been on, there will be no question about who's the authority, like, who's like the mom, you know, like, we don't have that dynamic where they're all gonna try to like press their stuff onto me. Um, But I think there is this sense of like, okay, if I am truly calling in the village, I can't live on the other side of the country from my family. And that's something I've just very recently been contending with because I've always lived. I've lived apart from my family since I was 18, like college, whatever. So that's interesting to me that this is now coming back into my consciousness and you can recreate your community and you can call in women with aligned values and like the I think the reason why a lot of the women that are choosing the different paths are also choosing to raise their children more consciously are they're they're not just on that conveyor belt of like doing all the routine stuff so finding women that are aligned with your health decisions like finding women who are aligned with your like birth control decisions all of that is so important prior to motherhood because there's going to be so much more alignment there um and covid
0: COVID actually created that divide a little more
1: and we Mm -hmm. and we
0: have to thank covid for that because i mean of course everything kind of turns black and white but covid created this this group of people called you know health freedom fighters Mm -hmm. where our health is our responsibility and we will make our own decisions for our body. You can't tell us what to do. And there's actually a huge, huge group of people that now fit into that because of COVID.
1: Yeah, yeah. And our
0: aligned mothers fit into that. So even, you know, even if it's not home birth, free birth, it's kind of like the health freedom community. Mm Mm-hmm. Homesteading, homeschool.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah. And if you're not around other women in intentional ways as a maiden, like how do you even know who you are? Like we talked about that a little bit, but just going back to the idea of most women are on birth control in their teens and their twenties or further, but like, how do you even know who you are and what you love and what lights you up and what your passions are and what you're attracted to. And like, it's it's a lot to contend with and you need to take the intentional time to like figure out who you are and call in women who are aligned with you rather than just being on this conveyor belt, even in maidenhood of like, these are the things I should like. This is the type of guy I should be with. This is the type of job I should have. And that's never been something I know, same with you, that's appealed to us of just doing what everyone else is doing. So that's an, a built-in quality that I think we already have, but it has helped us discern this way before becoming mothers when you do have to make more decisions for your family. Like, I knew in my early 20s what type of, like, family man I wanted to be with, way I wanted to raise my kids, and it's changed, but I've always had these, like, strong convictions and decisions and I don't know if it's a coincidence but I've also never been on birth control I've had healthy female relationships we've talked about how like our true maidenhood has has actually been able to be preserved where we had great girlfriends I went to an all-girls high school like I just had a great beginning to my womanhood so I I don't take that for granted and I know that's a really big piece of it. Um, and that's yeah. why I feel better to speak out about it because I'm like I had the privilege, so let me show you. Like let me help.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of women have been majorly wounded in their in their maidenhood. A lot of women have been wounded by men, like in high school. Say they they bloom and blossom into this beautiful maiden in high school, and a man hunts them and assaults them even if it's their first boyfriend, but they weren't ready. Like that is a huge trauma to maidenhood. Yeah. Huge trauma. And that, oh my gosh, we've talked about this, where I did not date boys in high school. I didn't really have any interest in boys in high school. I was so about volleyball, my friends, and I was like a late bloomer with a lot of things I was a late bloomer, even with my body. Like I was one of the last one of my friends to get my period in ninth grade. And that was so late and I was so embarrassed, but I look back and because I was a late bloomer in all the ways, and I didn't date until like first year of college ish, my maidenhood was so intact and so healthy because Mm -hmm. female friendships were at the forefront. That's what I prioritized. Um, I don't don't have trauma of like sexual assault in any way because I was probably a late bloomer. I'm I'm not saying like that's black and white, but having an intact maidenhood in high school years and things like that is major. I haven't had major uh, wounding and you haven't either, which is maybe why we are stepping into our mother energy in a different way than other people. I don't know, but we live so consciously and so aware with intention also. Like that is literally what we value in life. Yeah. Yeah. You can start taking, res- you can start taking responsibility for your health and for your body right now right. by getting off of birth control and yep. start, yep. <laughs> because birth control can be affecting The men you're attracted to.
1: Yeah. And this is so... It's so hard to talk about. It's so complex and nuanced. But being off of birth control makes you have discernment about who you sleep with. Like, no... Like, gone are the days of just like hook even like hookup culture and this is like something like kind of controversial that I like would teach in my fertility awareness class of like the way that I see it is coming off of birth control is initiation into a new era of your life where you actually are setting energetic boundaries with who you let into your life and your space and so it is really it's it's so different especially if you've been that woman who's never had to set a boundary with a man in that way in dating or even women that have been in relationships for years and years and all of a sudden they're telling their partner hey we're gonna do things differently but that is such an initiation into coming into like this mother energy this authority energy before you have kids and I have a unique experience because I don't have this experience myself but s- but many of my close friends have shared with me and I've seen it in them that when they come off birth control they literally come alive and it might not be sunshine and rainbows and their life is amazing but they're all of a sudden seeing things that are bothering them that have never bothered them before they have to speak up in ways they haven't spoken up before maybe they're no longer attracted to their partner like they were before um in other ways they find out that they're passionate about this one thing One of my friends got her iud out and for the next year she literally was painting non-stop and she's like i guess i'm good at painting like i i didn't know this about myself but i have this creative energy and we always talk about like What if you had that when you were 15? What if that was allowed to blossom? Like, what kind of maidens would we have without birth control? Like, that's just where my mind goes of we would have to have a totally different culture where men respected women in a different way. We had all these different sexual ethics, like all of that. That's so hard to get into, but it would be totally different, which is why I always still go back to like the cycle and birth control for maidens because it's getting more, more clear. And I think the consciousness is being raised of, um, of birth control, but I do see it as a way to keep maidens in that maiden energy for as long as possible. Don't know your body. Don't take responsibility. Don't have your own authority. Don't speak up in dating in the bedroom. Like it takes a lot in this culture. To not be on birth control
0: <laughs> yeah and to get off birth control is to start inviting mother energy into your energy because the mother takes responsibility the mother yeah. trusts herself the mother knows herself the mother trusts her body the mother knows her body so mm-hmm. for a maiden to get off of birth control Oh my God, like that to me is the most empowering thing you can do because you yep. get to ha- have an intimate relationship with your own body. Yeah. In a way you've never had before.
1: Yeah, it's literally
0: so life-changing. To, yeah, you get to learn your body. You get to learn the phases of your monthly cycle in a way you've never felt before. And you get to take responsibility for your fertility and learn your cervical fluid and how it looks when you're ovulating and then make the empowered choice of I'm not having sex this week because I'm ovulating and that's my responsibility because it's my body and it's my yeah. life instead of outsourcing it to a freaking pill that yeah. was always designed to make money not to liberate women with freedom that's the lie yeah yeah
1: Right. And I don't know if this is across the board, but this might be I know this is a lot of women in my life experience have experienced this of not feeling a call to have kids, feeling ambivalent about kids and then getting off birth control and being like, oh, I do want to have kids. I don't think that's just a coincidence. I literally think that's a physical, biological desire we are repressing by routinely putting women on birth control we are repressing women's desire desires to be mothers and so of course you're not going to integrate with mothers of course you're not going to be called to learn from mothers or serve mothers or have children because you're like not even feeling anything inside when you see a mother and a baby which I can never relate to but I don't have judgment for that because if that's turned off inside of you like That makes sense to me that you wouldn't be like crying at the sight of a newborn baby. You're just like, okay, like that's not stirring anything up in your biology because it's literally turned off.
0: And that makes sense to me because hormonal birth control mimics menopause, the hormones of menopause. So that makes sense to me. And all I'm thinking is population control. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean. And just what you were saying at the beginning, like Keeping women in maiden energy because it's the most societally attractive. The free, not tied down, sexually promiscuous woman. And the woman
0: that's buying all the products and all the things for her self-worth. The beauty industry exists for women who put their self-worth on these products. Yeah. It wouldn't be in business if we had self-worth with who we are as we are. So that's maiden and it's they make bank off of those maiden wounded yeah. qualities. Because if yep. we all graduate into mother, like we have these babies and we're not buying bottles and bassinets because the baby only needs our body and and we're not getting Botox and we're not getting lip injections and we're not getting all the latest clothes. We're like I don't know, I thrift a lot of my clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. like how, how would any anything make money? <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: It's very easy to, like, see the pattern. Yeah, it's a big... I think it's a really big topic, and pointing out the patterns is helpful, and also every single woman has the power to make a shift because it truly is us who are shifting this. Like, if mothers are shaping the culture, how can we tap into this mother energy and we've named a few like getting in touch with your body listening to your body even if you're not ready to go on go off of birth control how can you tap into your body awareness in other ways and maybe that's just learning about your cycle way before you go off of birth control like something like that um and that intuition piece is just so important how do you continue to know yourself deeper tap into your intuition listen to your body those are like the beginning steps that every single woman can do you don't have to do something extreme as like okay I'm gonna go off the pill like cold turkey I I love that but also you can the next time you have a fever what if you just like sat with it instead of reaching for the medication or the next time you are like wanting to cry what if you just let yourself cry rather than like drinking a glass of wine or like going on Instagram like little 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 things that are gonna make a really big difference in your own life as a woman
0: yeah and when you said oh don't just cold turkey birth control to me that is like a reactionary maiden thing like oh it's bad okay I'm stopping right now like True. what about what about pausing? And a book I love is The Fifth Vital Sign. It describes the fertility awareness method, which is learning the fertility signs of your body, like your cervical fluid, and and tracking your basal body temperature every morning to learn the cycle, to learn your cycle. That is one of my favorite books because she also talks about nourishment and nutrition in like a very good whole foods caveman type of way, Mm -hmm. not, not the vegan movement. Which, right. ooh, which is also creating <laughs> women's women that are undernourished and crazy low blood sugar because they're not eating enough. Right. So then they're reactionary. And mothers too. Yeah. Yeah, we see these these vegan mother reels on Instagram. <laughs> and we're like, oh, what's happening?
1: I'm just like hungry when I watch those. I'm like, okay. I don't have a baby. I'm not breastfeeding. I'm not postpartum. And watching this makes me so (laughs) dysregulated.
0: I mean, I was vegan for 10 years. So I feel like I have a very, very inside view on on that world. And I'm just so thankful that I have shifted out of it. And I know how to nourish my body properly now. Yeah. Because my nervous system is totally different now. When I was vegan, I didn't eat enough. I thought I did. I thought I was so healthy. I thought all these things. And now I look back and I was so dysregulated just by not eating enough. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's a lot of maidens and mothers. Yeah. It's just like the basic, basic health, health tenets of sleep, nourishment, Mm -hmm. hydration. Like hydration with minerals. Mm-hmm. Like, put some salt, put some high-quality pink sea salt in your water. Get some minerals <laughs> in your body. Because birth control strips right. minerals from the body.
1: Yep. And then this process that I've watched women, so many friends of mine, women, go through coming off of birth control and, like, spending years replenishing their body. But it's an act of to me it's like that devotion and that dedication like that is what's setting them up to go so deep into their intuition and this is like one of my closest friends who's pregnant for the first time she was on birth control for 10 years really took complete ownership over her coming off of birth control like cleared her skin balanced her hormones dove deep into nutrition never once outsourced and now is having like a completely trust, trust, trusting wild pregnancy. And it's just so integrated for her. But I think it's because of that coming off of birth control journey. Because coming off birth control illuminated, like, whoa, all this stuff is imbalanced and no one actually helped me. Going on the pill didn't actually help me with all of these imbalances that were there 10 years ago. So I have to do this myself. And you did it. And then... Of course, pregnancy and birth are like, I can do that too, because that's the next phase of womanhood. So that's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's all, and I, and I recognize it's a lot to take on, like any health complex health journey is, but it's a relationship with our body that is going to serve you so much for the rest of your life. It's going to be, yeah,
0: because birth control can be the first. I think it's the first intervention because a lot of girls are getting put on it when they're like 13. It's the first intervention between a woman knowing her body so intimately. So it's actually such a huge step to do the journey off of it because you get to learn yourself, which is a huge part of maidenhood to then initiate into mother because mothers, a, a mature feminine woman, knows who she is and is confident in who she is Mm -hmm. and doesn't seek opinions and advice and permission from outsiders. She's not sitting there Googling like her, her intuition and inner wisdom. She trusts it. And Mm -hmm. that is her Google. That is her doctor. And there's moments. Yes. There's moments. Like whatever, (laughs) I got to say, there's moments for doctors, you know? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if there is. Just kidding. <laughs> I, don't know.
1: I, don't know. I mean, Whatever. it's like it's like if your intuition is, like, telling you that's the best option for you in the moment, like, that having a consciousness around it, I think you can make clear decisions of, like, okay, my arm is falling off. I'm going to go <laughs> to the hospital.
0: I want <laughs> like to save would, my arm.
1: Yeah, that would probably be, like, honestly one of the only...
0: Okay. Yes, but now you're bringing up the point. Like, now you're bringing up the point, though. Learning, learning the voice of your intuition is another journey. Just like coming off of birth control, learning your intuition is a huge journey, long journey. Because for me, I thought my intuition was my fearful ego voice a lot of times, because it it's like says a worry. And it's so instinctive, this worry or fear in our body. I'm like, oh my gosh, is that my intuition? And I've been grappling with that with, the, for my, with myself for years. Yeah. And I have, po- I have past podcasts like two years old that's like fear versus intuition. And it's only now that I've gotten to know the voice of the ego mind so deeply that I think 99% of all feelings in our body with fear is the ego mm. because its whole job is to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. And to protect us from harm. So it's always going to say, like, don't don't text that guy. Don't go on a date because you're going to hurt yourself. Don't get your heart broken. It's going to say, oh, your stomach ache is cancer. Right. Because you're going to (laughs) die. Yeah.
1: That's such a
0: good point. The journey of intuition versus fear is a long one in my opinion yeah because the voice of intuition is very very distinct and it can sound like the ego mind many times Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of trial and error and be gracious with yourself Mm because it's a journey like same with the birth control journey like be gracious with yourself you're learning and that is the mother energy The mother energy is becoming the mother to your inner self. Is the ability to mother yourself. Because in Maiden, we are hard on on ourselves and we criticize ourselves. We tear ourselves down. And to shift into mother energy is the ability to sit with that broken inner self and say, I know You need save, you want saving right now. I know you want to play the victim right now. I know you want that so bad. But I'm here for you. And you don't need that. You have me. Mm -hmm. And that is stepping into your into your own mother, is learning how to mother yourself. And to me, that is the path of intuition. And that is the path of inner child healing work. Yeah. Wow. It's all of it, huh? Yeah, it really is. When's your next made into mother circle?
1: The full moon on July 2nd. Sunday, July 2nd. And um my Instagram name is Leo Rising Birthkeeping if you want to go find the link there. Perfect. Yes, thank you, Leah, for this beautiful conversation.
0: <laughs> yep, I see more in our future. Yes. Because <laughs> I hit on points. I'm like, oh, I could go an hour on this topic. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Emily. Thank you.